0: This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues and ideas that shape our lives, with your guide, Dr. Matthew Jacoby. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Stu. Do you know what I did last night? No, I don't know. I went went up to the football. And when I say football, Football? what do you think of? Well, I think of football. Please say you think of a round ball. Yeah, I do actually, because I come from New Zealand. Right,
1: (laughs) good. But but you actually use your feet to play it. it.
0: That's right. Anyway, fifty thousand people uh, up at uh, Marvel Stadium in Melbourne for a for just a friendly match too, Women's World Cup. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I, I was. Yeah, I was amazed. Like first of all. You know, it, it tends to be that um, it was so great to see such great support for women's sports, actually, as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, because you know, there tends to be so much emphasis on, particularly, you know, the ball sports, that aren't on on men's sports, and mm. and so great to see great you know support for that. But you know, I I, I love uh, love a bit of the bit of the football. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. who won, mate? Uh, well, Australia. It was Australia versus France. Right. Okay. Uh, the Matildas uh, yeah, versus great. France. So. Yeah, just the one goal. All the all the all the footy fans will say,
1: "What? The use? Yeah, I know. <laughs> 50, I know. Of People yeah. there for one, one goal. goal. It's not
0: about the goal. It's about the game. Yeah. Yeah, we could do.
1: See, there's a there's a, already <laughs> Stu. There's, there's a spiritual lesson coming out. There is absolutely out, is it? a great spiritual lesson yeah. in that. Before we jump into spiritual lessons, though, welcome listeners, Thrive Perspectives, as we continue working through our series on Christian worldview. And uh, this morning, Matt, we're, it's just the two of us. Connell's mm. taking a week off, mm. and um, we're just going to have to think for ourselves. We'll try not to go astray. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't. We won't have any of the really curly questions. So uh, yeah. anyway, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we're as as I said, going to continue through our series on Christian worldview. And, you know, recently, Matt, we've, we've been looking at the last few episodes. We've been looking at, you know, the whole uh, human identity thing. We've been, been looking at our collective responsibility as humanity. And in our last episode in particular, we looked at this tendency we have to, to put people in either the good guys camp or the bad guys camp, and then always see ourselves as the good guys and pointing the finger and judging and, and how, uh, how comfortable it is for us in a sense to, elevate ourselves to the point of judge, but how none of us like mm. to be judged ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, yeah, if you haven't caught up that with that episode, our last episode of Thrive Perspectives, I really encourage you to have a listen to that. Mm. But Matt, it, it seems to me we've, you know, and it's it's been really great, but there's been a lot about our brokenness as, yeah. as humanity and, yeah. and a lot about the fact that we're all got this propensity to be evil and bad. Yeah. Uh, and it's really only our faith that actually, or our Christian perspective that actually moves us out of that. It'd be great to talk a little bit today about how our faith actually can uh, redeem that brokenness in us, and not only in us, but in those around us and our world.
0: Yeah, so where where I'd I'd like to go today, Stu, is to bring up a cliché, you know, you've heard the cliché, Jesus is the answer. Yeah, a great Andre Crouch
1: song, actually. I don't know if you remember that. Ah,
0: right. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Jesus is the... Is the answer? It's a, it's a bit of a cliche, but I want to put a little bit of sense into that cliche because Great. to what? Because we tend to think of Jesus being the answer to my personal, you know, like I personally, you know, when I die, maybe get to go to heaven, or yes. I personally have, you know, get can be connected with God, and mm. and that's Jesus is good for that. Mm. But when it comes to, uh, you know, the the wars or or, or the climate change or uh, issues of this and that issue in our
1: world today that that's kind of separate and well we kind of say jesus is the answer to that too but in some well we cases, can that's right um, and but and that can that be mean, simplistic exactly. yeah, so exactly you know right. want to just yeah. look
0: at actually what what is this difference uh, that that Jesus mm. actually makes? Now, the personal aspect of that is is of course important. In fact, it begins uh, with that because it's important that we don't just talk about humanity and issues like in the, in in general. You know, yeah. um, humanity is made up of specific people, and uh, and God cares about specific people, and it's the changes in the lives of specific people that really make the world yeah. what it is. Yeah. Now, that's not denying that. The structures and frameworks that we live within, including political structures, and and this is where probably a more perhaps uh, uh, th- there's a perspective that says no, we are the result of our political environment. That's a bit more of a Marxist uh, sort of perspective, but it's not it's not altogether wrong. Uh, to some extent, Certainly we are the result point. of the environment. To <laughs> some extent, yeah. and yet there still remains this element whereby we we actually are. We retain, in a sense, the ability to self-determine. Uh, we we have we each have choice. We're not completely the result of uh, of our environment. Mm-hmm. We we still have we still have a choice, and uh, n- not denying the sense in which our you know th- there's a genuine sense of the bondage of the will and so forth. And this will bring us back to the importance of the difference that Jesus will make. So ultimately, even within. Terrible uh, environments like, for example, in the early church, they were in the Roman Empire. They were under authoritarian uh, government mm. that was set against what they were doing at, at, at periods during that first 300 years of the of the church. And yet, they still managed to be distinct and different, and yeah. so they weren't completely the product yeah. of their environment. Now, they could have tried to deal with those issues in their culture, um, but one one of the things that we learn from history, and particularly from that early church period, is that their focus on – on Jesus, they focused on Christ. It was the thing that had made this revolutionary difference yeah. and, and it, it actually it, cha- it did change the culture in, in remarkable respects, yeah, really changed their environment, but it was because of their focus uh,
1: on uh, which Jesus, on Jesus spoke to in terms about salt and, and yeast and, that's right. You know, these are small amounts. Of something yeah, that that's goes right. into something much bigger, but yeah. makes a huge difference. That's right, and the
0: you know th- that whole thing about being salt is about being distinct and yeah. you know standing out. The key, just to start off with the basics, Stu, the The key perspective here is that okay, so clearly human beings in a in a in a lamentable condition. That's what we've sort of emphasised. Yes. That. Yeah. But the core issue actually is a change. Is, is is not so much our condition. I'm going to put it this way: it's not so much our condition, but our position. You could you could speak in terms of stance, you know, stance yeah. and stance and state, if you want, you know. But I'm just going to talk in terms of our condition and our position. Yep. And uh, initially, you know, the problem has everything to do with our relationship with God. So, so this is where the personal thing it does start at this personal level. That uh, when when we move out of relationship with God, and I'm just doing a bit of summary, no, what good. happens yep. is that. We essentially become the gods. We we become gods unto ourselves, as it were. Now, when that happens, that idea of a lot of disconnected, that creates a lot of disconnected, autonomous, supposedly, in inverted commas, because we can never really rule our own lives when we don't have. That kind of power to be that much in control of our Although we lives think we do, and circumstances, but, yep. we fool ourselves to think yes. we do. But yes. it doesn't take much to break that. Mm. Um, so, but essentially, what you get is is inadverted commas autonomous individuals who are then fragmented. Um, now, for me to feel like you know I'm God uh, over my life, it, our our claims to autonomy are going to clash at some point, and so therefore I'm going to need to. Have not only control over my circumstances, but probably control over other people as well. And and this is where humanity goes wrong. This is where it moves from a personal problem to a human problem. Because yeah, right. suddenly, because I'm I'm separated from God, uh, therefore I'm relying on other people to give me the identity, that sense of identity, or that support or that security.
1: Yeah. Because I I can't can't just get that alone. Yeah. And then I want to impose what I think is that on everyone else. That's
0: right. Yeah. 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 And so, and so, this is where you get, you know, the, the sort of tribalism and, and nationalism, all, all the isms, uh, you know, people separating into building walled cities, and the, you know, and uh, and separating into groups and fighting each other. And I, I know that's that's simplistic, but uh, that's but that is in very broad strokes. Yeah. That's kind of what's wrong with humanity. It begins with this god complex. Mm.
1: And it and it sort of fans out from there, and of course this, which just, we've which we've also used the term superiority complex as well. As yeah, complex, that's right. Because that's what it gives us a yeah. sense of. Well, we're better than everyone else. So yeah, that's a sense right. Of su- superiority. So that's right. Yeah. And so and in, even in terms of
0: of our circumstances, let's talk, talk in terms of our environment. We then have. Uh, the, the relationship we have to our environment is one of control. I, I, I therefore need to try and control my environment. Mm. I can't be part of my environment, you know, because when I'm when I'm part of God, like I'm connected with God and I'm yeah. connected with humanity, so I'm part of humanity and part of the human family, and I'm connected with God. I'm also connected with my environment because. I take my natural place within, you know, within my environment, within the human family, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to play God. And so,
1: but how does that on the environment one? Then how does that contrast to when God sort of says to man, Adam and Eve, subdue, subdue the world, the nature, it's yours, subdue it? Because I I know there would be people that say, well, it's our job is to make the best of everything we've got here for us, in a sense. So.
0: Uh, that's a good question because the the criticism that's brought, particularly by uh, environmentalists, is that they sometimes trace back the exploitation of the world to that scripture, right. you know, okay. to, to Genesis chapter one, uh, and they say, "Well, there you go. See, this is you know, um, this is a sort of license uh, to exploit the world." But in fact, it's not that. Uh, the the this idea of subduing the world is is to maintain God's order. Um, remember. In, in previous episodes, we've talked yes. about the importance of order. God yeah. created a beautifully established order in his creation. God created the order it's our job to maintain, right. the pre-established order, not to impose our order or to exploit has nothing to do with... Uh, with exploiting.
1: And then what, what happens is our disconnection from God at that moment means we're now long, no longer in touch with what that order should be. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. so everything gets broken. Exactly.
0: Right. And so essentially what we do is, and this is the term that's used, we
1: instrumentalize
0: nature. Uh, we instrument. Everything becomes instrumental, a tool, instrumental, in a tool uh, for me to... Um, achieve what you want achieve to achieve. Achieve what yeah. I want to achieve. Okay, yeah. so nature exists, uh, you know, to, to satisfy me. Other people exist to give me happiness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we, relationships break up because people... That, I'm that, not they happy didn't, anymore. Yeah, yeah, they didn't make me happy. Yeah. But yeah. We, happiness is something that you bring to a relationship, yeah. not something, you know, and, and actually... I mean happiness is a is a very yeah ambiguous word but uh, it's a, it's commonly used so I think yeah, people so, know so what I, like mean. I'm you know I'm fine with that in a sense because I think yep. it's it's a word that that is reaching for something that has been lost and yes uh, ultimately what has been lost is is a is a is a relational connection you mm. know and uh, happiness is a byproduct of harmony mm. in relationships mm. first with god then with other people and then with our you know the created mm. world in which yeah. we live in and, and so there's a, there's th- that's Let's call a depositioning of of human beings it's being separating themselves from God. You know, you can see from there. Then uh, skewed the relationship with other but completely. We're well, not just skewed, actually, but completely mm, broken, upturned the way yeah. that we relate to each other. Yeah. Now we're all autonomous units, and we're we've you know we're we're trying to something from each other that only God can give us. Or, or that's probably, a, you know, the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that we treat other people as
1: threats to our autonomy. Look at Cain and Abel. That's right. You exactly. Know, very early on, you know, over worship of God, yeah. you know, there's a murder. C- that's you know, right. there. So, you know, it becomes competitive. It's like, you know, I've got to be better than you. Yeah. Right from the start, right isn't it? It's start. interesting, isn't yeah. it,
0: that that's the first story after yeah. the fall. Yeah. Um, and, then, and, you know, and, and then there's this whole… It, this whole issue of instrumentalizing mm. um, nature, so that you know that core issue is is a positional issue. We, it's the change of position. Now we're locked out of that position because we become guilty. Once you know rebellion against God incurs guilt. Now, what uh, when we say that Jesus is the answer, we mean that Jesus deals with both. The um, the guilt of sin and the consequences. Uh, well, the guilt of sin, uh, the the condition that sin puts us into, yeah. and actually, ultimately, the big consequences of sin. Because the biblical view of redemption is universal redemption. Everything yes. is redeemed, even yeah. the planet. Okay, yeah. so it's important to recognize that it's not just about individuals. Mm. Uh, God is concerned with this planet, even mm. Mm. Um, a new earth. That's right. Mm. New heavens, heavens and a and new earth, earth is yep. the you know is, is the goal. So that's where there's there, there's there are these two aspects. Now without a change of position nothing else can follow from that. You know it would be like taking the earth away from the sun, sending it into outer space and then trying to grow stuff, trying to fix the, you know, make it all, make it work. It's like, no, no, nothing's going to grow on this planet unless it's positioned perfectly in orbit around the sun, right? And until we are repositioned in relationship with God, nothing, no healing process can begin really. Mm. And so what Jesus does is that he... And, and this is these are the basics that we know, but it's important to again come, keep coming back to this, is that he he deals with our the guilt of our sin, that's our position, as well as the effect of sin. The actual sin in yes. our uh, in our nature, and and the first one is a once for all thing. That change of position, that dealing with guilt, mm. he repositions us. He draws us into relationship with God, reconciliation with God, and so we enter, as it were, the household of God, mm. and that that is a let's call us a, a grace zone. We're brought into the grace zone. And, yeah. and we're, we didn't merit that in anything with anything that we did. Jesus merits it for us, so yes. he earns that for us. He earns entry. Mm-hmm. Now, that also means that we can't demerit it. If, right. if we don't merit entrance into the... Household of God, as it were, into the favor of God. If we don't merit that in the first place, you can't can't then demerit it. Or all all that's needed is that we we remain in Christ. That to be in the household of God, the way the Bible puts that, talks about being in Christ. Being in Christ is, you know, when we say yes to Jesus and we we trust in Jesus for our forgiveness, Mm. then we are in Christ. And as long as we remain in Christ, in John fifteen, Jesus says, "Remain in me." That's another way of saying, have faith in me. Faith is remaining in yeah, Christ. Okay, yeah. So as long as we have faith, we have access to God's grace. Through faith, we have access to God's grace. Right? Mm. And so when we fail, which we will, if we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, John says. Um, if we fail... We we still we fail in a grace zone. You know what yes. I mean. So when we fall, you fall in a grace zone, and God says, "Okay, get up. Let's try. What did you learn?" Mm. You know, you mm. get back up. There's no condemnation now, as mm. Paul says. Mm. There is now no condemnation uh, because for those who are work. in yeah. Christ. Christ Jesus, that's yeah, right. Because
1: Christ did the work for all of it. That's right. So past, yes, present and future. That's right. So yeah. yes,
0: you fell, but. You know, as as long as you have faith in Christ, as you are in
1: Christ, mm. and if you fall, you get up. You, there's there's grace for you. Mm. So, so just before you move on, because this is a phrase that's used a lot, faith in Christ. Yeah. What, what what does that really mean, Matt? What does faith in Christ mean? Well, first of all, it means that we
0: let, let's let me talk about faith first. Yeah, great. F- faith essentially is letting God be God. It's mm. an acknowledgement of God. Faith isn't what you need to have because you don't have knowledge. You know, it's not this. That's sort of great. just believing thing. Yeah, it's 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 actually it's an act of the will as well mm. as the intellect. So yes. it is believing that, but we actually can't believe that until God really reveals Himself to us. I mean, this is why in, in Ephesians chapter two it's, it talks about faith as a gift of God. Yeah. In a sense, God turns the li- l- the lights on, but we th- there's we still something. Yeah, that. we yeah. still have to respond, and and so God, you know in a sense, frees our our hearts to be able to respond, turns the lights on us, you know, like Jesus with the cripple. You know, he healed the cripple, but he said, now get up and walk, yeah. right? You have to had get to up. do and something. He, yeah. he, he did the healing, yeah. but the cripple had to get up and walk. So yeah. faith is planted, but we still have to exercise that faith. Yeah. And and essentially what that means is entrusting our lives to God. So again, it's about stepping into God, into it saying, yes, because whole point is that Jesus gives us access to relationship with God uh, and that means letting God be God now this is the this is where faith needs to grow over time because we're so Habituated to playing God ourselves, yeah. it takes a lifetime, and even then we won't be completely finished. Uh, it takes a lifetime to actually get out of this. It's almost like an addiction to trying to control and play God in our lives, mm. and so faith needs to grow throughout our lives. That's the mm. key thing when we talk about growth. Mm. What is the key thing that needs to grow? Our faith, and that's actually the core. You know, why do we disobey God? It actually comes back to a matter of trust. Yes, it's not. We're not
1: willing to let God be God and really trust God. Yeah. Even though we can't necessarily ourselves see the path forward, we, we, we may not be able to see whatever it is we cannot see. I mean, faith is that which is not yet seen and hope that which is not yet come to pass you know that whole sense of we might not we just have to be able to trust that god's got this even if we can't see yeah i think that's a, I think that's
0: a combination of a couple of quotes i think Correct you're me. combining um romans, well, for, yeah, well in romans chapter 8 it says you know who hopes in what he already he has, has okay yep. so so there's a sense of there's something yet to come yes. and, and so we hope hope is the longing for things that faith believes mm. Uh, I think it was you, you. were blending there, probably something from Hebrews chapter eleven, yes. which actually says that faith is the substance of things not seen. Yes, and um, and it's the substance of things that we haven't yet, because the assurance is there. It's the presence, you know, in a sense. It's the planting of faith. God planting faith mm. is, is the is that willingness to trust God for yeah. that. You know, yeah. God has
1: enabled that within us. A very simplistic illustration I used once, because um, it actually helped me, was the sense of waiting for a bus. You know, you've got a bus timetable that says the bus is going to come, and then you go and stand at the bus stop, yeah, in the cold, probably in the rain, because you have faith that that book that says the bus is going to come is going to come. That's right. Yeah. and But you've got to go stand at the bus stop. If you don't yeah. go stand at the bus stop, yeah. you're not going to catch the bus. And it's an expression of faith. Exactly. That's right.
0: Yeah. And so in, in that same way, it's that entrusting our lives to God. That is what um, – yeah. it's not just believing about something uh, because we can reduce it just to believing uh, certain things. Doctrines or yes. something. Yeah. No, it's actually a
1: repositioning. It's it's yeah. it's understanding that our lives is repositioned, acting accordingly, Yeah. and taking the action exactly. I could read the the bus timetable and know the bus is going to come, but then not actually go to the. Yeah. I actually have to take the yeah. step.
0: So it's 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 the the action isn't that the action is in a sense acting from that. So uh, yeah. let me just see if I can explain this because it's not that we do things to earn. No, that. no, no, no. Um, we 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 simply that receive right. that. Correct. We say yes yeah. because because God. You know, God who gave us free will and wants relationship doesn't enforce anything on us. This is where response is important because the ultimate goal is relationship. And so when God does something, he's looking for us to respond. respond, Mm -hmm. Okay, And so he's saying, I've given this gift to you, this gift of forgiveness. Will you receive it? And initially faith is... First of all, the willingness to receive that gift, understanding the implications, all right? Because yeah. the implications is the gift is access back to, to God, God. Yeah. which means letting God be God, right? So if you're not willing mm. for God to be God, if you're not willing, and essentially when you give your life back to God, everything's going to change in yes. yep. your life yep. as well. Yep. So if you're not willing to change, uh, then you're not really saying yes. So faith is, is this willingness. That's why I emphasize Faith is this willingness to let God be God. Even you know, even against there might be things within you that kind of rage against that and yes. say, No, no, no. You, yep. you know, it's it's that um that higher order level of decision making where we say no. And this is really faith. This yeah. is the faith that mm. God has planted. You know, it's it's that Getting in touch with that desire of the spirit within us, and and using that to lift us up to a higher design, saying, "Okay, against every you know a lot of things, even within me, a lot of nervousness and fear and all this sort of stuff, I choose today to give my life to Jesus Christ." And when we do that, we are repositioned, and then we act from that.
1: So it's important. um, So we're repositioned as a result of our faith in Christ. Yeah, that's right. And we're in Jesus, and now we're going to look at that's right, and and then and then we act
0: from that, and it's. You know, don't wait until because because a lot of people try to wait until they feel like I'm gonna you know I, I want to feel forgiven or or I'm yeah. I'm not forgiven until I feel forgiven. Mm-hmm. Well, your feelings are never going to tell you that you're forgiven because forgiveness is something that goes against the natural intuition. Mm-hmm. Our natural intuition says if I've done something wrong, I, I should be condemned. Mm-hmm. Right. What mm. I sowed, I should reap. Mm. That's, that's what your feelings and what your reason will tell Chucky. you. But grace goes against that. So grace mm. says, I get what I haven't deserved. I get mm. the good that I haven't mm. deserved.
1: And this is why it's so difficult for people to come to a position of faith is because they just can't I can't understand the goodness. That's right. The amazingness of grace. Well, you know, you know absolutely.
0: And, uh, and part of the problem there is that we too easily listen to our feelings. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe even our reason—it just
1: doesn't make sense. I, yes. I, I'm such a bad person. I'm, I wouldn't do that for someone else. So why would they do that yeah, for me? Almost. Yeah, you know? we, that's right.
0: And but so. faith is actually, you know, the willingness to recognise that this is what God has done for yeah. me, uh, and to accept that. And actually, until you act from that, until you act accordingly, you know, that you need to pray. Uh, beginning from that point, don't pray to get to that point of feeling forgiven, or don't, or, or mm. a- anything that we do in the Christian life. You know, act from that. That's what I mean. Like, use that as your starting point. Yeah. You've got to say to yourself, "I am forgiven. I mm. am. I am in the grace, and God has forgiven me." And mm. uh, and act from that, and pray from Amen. that point. Yeah. And so this is this is where in, essentially once our our position has changed. What what happens then? Because when we reconnect with God, God reconnects with us, and He does that by His Spirit. He comes into our hearts by His Spirit, uh, and in fact, God is right from the start. God is at work in our hearts, you know, drawing us to that place. Of course, but having been repositioned, what God sets about doing is now already there. The change of position, already in a sense, there's a there's a completely new perspective. Like we're actually we are actually a new person in that point. I want to emphasise this, Stu. How important the change of position is, because when your position changes, you are no longer the person that you were. That autonomous individual that makes his own identity, that's a false self, right? So when you forsake that and you step into Christ, yep. you're actually stepping out of that False self, and you're stepping into a new self, so it says in second Corinthians chapter five that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new, new creation. creation, right when yeah. we step in there's there's a completely new identity we have, right mm. Now we have that new identity, the child of God, that is given to us, undeserved, unmerited, okay yeah. it's a gift to us, right yeah. but underneath, let's imagine it as like a robe that we wear. And, and by the way, when we're in, we talk about righteousness. A good way to understand righteousness is when we're in that relationship with God. Righteousness means we're in a right relationship right. with God. Now, conditionally, we're still there's still lots of problems in our condition, but that's all underneath. And you have to change your position for that to begin to change. Yes. You know? That's where the change of position is so vital because that's the thing that sets off a transformative process. Mm. And the trans, w- whereas the change of position is a once-for-all thing. We step into that grace zone. Yep. Okay, the change of condition is a process that d- that it takes stops, time, right? And never stops, really. uh, because that false self wants to keep asserting itself. Yes. We still have that addiction to, you know, to autonomy and mm. and all of this stuff mm. going on, and so we need to weaken that and uh, and there's a sort of process of in a sense putting that to death yeah. even though in a positional sense it's already that, done. that that is done mm. and yet in uh, in in another sense it's there's this process and um, and so that that process is worked out actually uh, not on our own, like you could think, okay, my position has changed now. In order to really grow, and to you know, to learn how to live by faith, to live by faith, right, in relationship with God, as opposed to living like I'm a god unto myself. You know, I'll go and live in a cave somewhere in the uh, up on a mountain, and and you know, people in the past have done that. But actually, this is where. It's so more important actually not to do that because yeah. we, we live that out and our faith is grown
1: and exercised in relationship yeah. with other people. In a sense, that's like, I need to go away now and try and get myself right. Yeah. So that then I can come back and be the person I want to be. It's like no, that's Yeah, that's
0: not. right. It's easy to think that yeah. you're going well when you're living in a cave yeah. on the mountain. And then you come not that I've ever lived in a cave on the mountain, stupid. Sometimes I I'm feel like I'm surprised though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> I feel like it, but oh, I yeah, I've I've had lots of wonderful I, I love my solitude and I have lots of wonderful moments with God and, and, and that's great to do yeah, that. But actually where I grow is in relationship with other people. Uh, it, it's actually becoming the person that God wants me to be. It's me finding my place, the right place. Mm. Okay, which means that I'm no longer needing to um, create control a false self or create a false self or make people impress yourself. me or get yeah. things from other people. Yeah, you know, and and neither do I actually need to constantly see. The world as an instrument for my happiness. I can I can begin to recognize in the creation around me the sacredness of that creation and Mm. learn to enjoy it Mm. without feeling like I need to own everything. And this is one of the problems. It's like you know uh, we want to own everything. It's the 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 propensity to ownership as part of the God complex.
1: Yeah, totally. And that that shift from. Striving for success to just being obedient. That's right. That, wherever yeah. God takes you, you know. Yeah, because
0: because, it, because the old you know that old self wanted to build itself in comparison yes. with other people. Yeah, you know because if you don't get your identity from God, we have to get it in comparison, comparison us, with yeah. others. And so the habit's still there. And so you know to learn to live this new life is to learn to be able to consider others before myself, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and to elevate other people. And it's mm. a, there's a freedom in that, being yeah. able to do that. Mm. And so we can, and and actually most of all, we can then begin to love other people. So yeah. to love another person is, love is the recognition of that infinite sacred value in another person, that they are not just a means to my happiness, yeah. they're not a means to an end. That is the difference, actually, that the repositioning will make. Because when i now that I've been repositioned in relationship with God, it completely repositions me in relationship to other people, yeah, totally. and in relationship to the world around me. Suddenly, mm-hmm. the world becomes this sacred temple, and my way of thinking about the natural world and my place in it is also completely changed. So this, so imagine the fan out effect of that. Now, now this is. Remember, we've said that the, the change of condition, and this pro- applies this is, is a process, right? Yeah. This applies personally. And it also applies with the world at large. It's a, th- there's a process here, right? There's, and in the same way as as we're never going to be perfect, the the the, uh, the sinful nature is going to be present there to the day that we die, and and, and w- when we die, in a sense, we're shedding that. Yes. Uh, now we can have victory over it, and the more that we go on, the more victory we, you know, we, uh, I guess that journey of faith and the growth of faith is uh, being more and more empowered over and against that that sinful nature but the you know but we need to remain vigilant our whole lives yeah. because it's still there there's never a moment where we say oh, I don't have to be careful about temptation anymore because mm. I'm no no we're all there's all we always need to be vigilant because that that nature issue is there and that's and so that's yeah. that's right you know it's not until we receive you know we actually shed this uh body of death as Paul talks about it you know and that that is really finished, and then, of course, we're going to receive a resurrected body. Yeah. And, so.
1: and that's where we've talked up until now through a number of our episodes about all of us having the propensity to yeah. be all of these other things that we don't want to be, and we've looked at certain characters in the world over history and said we all we all would have had the propensity to be that person. It's only by the fact of this work that yeah. is being done in us that we have the ability to to not go yeah, in that direction. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so
0: the, you know, the propensity is there, but we – yeah, we, we're we're given by the Holy Spirit eyes we, to see. We, we, that's right. we have we're given power mm. uh, over that, you mm. know, and we have. To, that's a choice that we have to yeah, exercise. Absolutely. So we live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Yeah. So that that's yeah. where you get that that idea that Paul often talks about. So the flesh stands for the fallen sinful nature, but he says, don't live by that. Live by the Spirit. Mm. You know, and the more mm. we live by the Spirit, the stronger we get. So that's a process that goes on, and and we're never going to be fully there this side of glory. Um, and it's the same with the world at large, actually. There's a process. The world is never going to, we're never going to get to a point where, oh, now we've got a perfect world. No. Not until, not this side of the next, of the second coming, coming of Christ, Christ, Christ right? Yeah. Uh, so there's always going to be, there's always going to be imperfection. Mm. But as a people who are being uh, restored, who are being transformed, we demonstrate that transformation. We witness to the power of God by the change In all of those relationships, that's important. Being witnesses to that transformation process, the result of that, the fruit of that, Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Yep, is a change in our relationship, not just uh, to uh, well initially, of course, it's to God, uh, but 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 then
1: beyond that, once we're in the zone, as we then it's a change in our relationships with other people and with our environment as well. Totally. And so this is where you know
0: this is where we get. To the issues that you know beset our world. world. I mean, if I've if I've been hurt or uh, if I've been sinned against, because I'm now in the grace zone, in that grace zone, because I've received grace, I'm therefore, it, 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 in a sense, it even changes what justice now means for me. Yeah, you know, like if, if you know, Jesus told the parable about uh, the servant who received forgiveness from his master for mm. a massive debt, right? And then that servant has a has someone else that owes him money, money right? Yeah. And he, you know, he tries to squeeze it out of that person, sends them to jail, and mm. the master says, "Hey, in a, essentially that's unjust. I showed you mercy. Yeah. I showed you grace. You need to show that that person, mm-hmm. you, you know, you need to pay it forward. And if you don't pay it forward, it's it's not really just, you know. Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, what God has done in Jesus Christ has this effect. In that grace zone, it means that uh, actually. We are empowered, and certainly there's the imperative, to let go of the offense, to give it over to God, to, to in a sense, say, well, in as much as I've been forgiven, I forgive other people. Yeah. Now, a lot of problems, to and fro problems in the world, they come back from you hurt me, I hurt you, you hurt me, I hurt you. Yeah. And that can go on for hundreds of years, yeah. too. Well, it is. It is going on for hundreds of years. It's like, yeah. they did this, now we do this, now yeah. they do this, now we do this, right?
1: Look at pretty much all of the conflict in the world, and that's exactly what it can
0: be traced back to. So h- how do you end that? Grace is what ends that. How is grace possible? It's only possible through Jesus Christ. No, no one really even claims to have done what it is required to actually mm. make grace possible. Mm. Uh, only Jesus, Jesus really did yeah. that because, you know, he is God— Taking our sins upon Himself and returning undeserved, unmerited favor to us, and so the the people that are involved in all of the conflicts, we're actually talking about real people, and not just issues. Like, yes, no, you know, right. it's not just an army against an army; it's they're yeah. actually the world is made up of individual people yeah. with axes to grind, uh, and the change change means changing inside out, in a, in a sense. And I know structures, w- you know, w- will change as well, but. What happens is that when a whole lot of people change the way that they see things, you know, take the example uh, of yeah. the ending of slavery in the in the early 19th century. Yeah. You know, that happened not because the church kept banging on it a, a, against slavery. And it did, you know, it did... Uh, make clear that this is not within God's, but it, it didn't, it didn't highlight that. It didn't become consumed with that, that issue. issue. No. They talked about Jesus and grace and, and, mm. and the sacredness of humanity and everything. And, and it actually changed the way, because remember the emphasis on Christ really was revived during the 1700s. The great awakening had this enormous effect mm. uh, in, in England and in America yeah. uh, from the 1730s onwards. Uh, it, the Great Awakening essentially was coming back to Jesus. And, yeah. and, and you you see people really preaching Jesus again and, right. and coming right. back to that gospel message. And it had such a transformative effect. I mean, you see the missions movement starts there. But uh, but, but by the end of the century, it's completely changing the way that people are seeing people. And and this leads essentially – I'm being simplistic here – but it, it leads to the abolition of slavery. Yeah. And so they – uh, abolish slavery not just by preaching against the evils of slavery, but by preaching Jesus.
1: Yes, do you see what I mean? Yes, it's until until you repositioned. Because if we change the individuals, then that flow on effect to everyone yeah. else. So it's it's like starting with the base ingredient and making the change, as yeah. opposed to trying to solve the issue at the surface level. Yeah, that's right. Like we've yeah. got to change people's hearts. Yeah, that's right. Then their response to that issue, that's whatever right. it might be,
0: will reshape. The issue. Yeah, that's right. And the the reason I say this is because churches can easily become issues-focused. So everyone, you know, in a we tend because there's so many issues in the world we tend to focus on the things that I guess connect most with us and everyone has their issues that mm. they focus on mm. everyone wants the church to talk about the issues that they're passionate about now now if yeah. as a pastor I did that I, I would be constantly speaking about issues right yes. this issue and that issue and this issue and this issue. but I make the decision as a pastor to say with Paul I desired to know nothing while I was among you but, but Christ and him crucified, right? Mm, mm. Because I, my conviction is that Jesus is the answer to all of those things. Now, I, hopefully that's not as simplistic as it first sounded, you know, when I first said that. But I believe that when we look to reposition lives, we change perspectives. Yes. And when we change perspectives, when we change the way that people see God, mm. okay, when we change the way that they see themselves, other people, and the world around them, that's where change begins. Yes, right. Yeah. That's why actually we need to own and recognise how powerful this the seed of the gospel actually yeah. is. Yeah. Great it
1: word, seed, because I think otherwise we're treating symptoms, not cause, <clears> and the seed yeah. is the cause. I right? think it's broken relationships right. with God to start with, and then with everyone else around us. Yeah. yeah, spot on. It is. It's you know we're
0: believing in a seed now. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like mm. a seed that grows into a tree now you may have noticed trees don't grow in one day or even in one year. They take hundreds of years to grow. And uh, the kingdom of God is like that. And I think this is why we we jump back to issues. And uh, by the way, it's not that we shouldn't focus on on issues and do what we can about those issues. Mm. Uh, I'm certainly not saying that the two are mutually exclusive, that we should just talk Jesus, Jesus. I mean, I think we should talk Jesus, Jesus. But that's not to the exclusion of... Doing what we can about various issues. In the context of those Absolutely issues, yeah. not. But we can, the problem is we can be so issues focused that yep. we forget about this long game that we're playing because there's a sense of impatience. We've got to solve this mm. issue right, right mm. now. And mm. yes, let's do what we can to ameliorate, you know, the, the damage that's yep. being done or whatever. But actually, we are got to remember that we are called to make disciples of Jesus. That is the Great Commission, yeah. right? We are called to make disciples of Jesus. And mm. And that has had and will always have revolutionary effect Mm. on the world. And this is what was discovered during the Great Awakening. They came back to Jesus, right? They're preaching the gospel of Jesus. And in the next hundred years, I mean, the change is remarkable. I could talk about a lot of levels of change. Societal change that happened as a result, right? But it's not because they focused on on the evils of society. It's because they focused on on Jesus, Jesus. right? Because of the revolutionary effect that that happened. But it's a long game, Stu. It's multi generational. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's it's you know we, it's one life at a time, and that's the difficulty, I think, mm. in implementing the solution is that we get impatient, and so we jump to political solutions, for yeah. example. Yeah. And and we uh, we should be involved in in politics and yes. be informed, and uh, because we live in a democracy, and so we, we have a responsibility. Actually, to be informed and engage with mm. uh, with politics, but we need to be very, very careful
1: that that doesn't eclipse because yeah. politics isn't the answer. Yeah, and and all of these issues, and I don't want to be oversimplifying this because I, I agree with you. We do need to engage with the issues, you know, social justice, whatever it might be. But let's remember, those are all temporal issues. Jesus is an eternity issue. Well, there's that as well. That's right. You yeah. know, and uh, they're not mutually exclusive. No, they're not mutually. Exclusive. That's right. Totally. Yeah. Um, they're totally. Not, and and. Uh, but I think we can get so caught up, as you say, as the church, in in, in trying to solve issues that we actually forgot. It's, uh, again, an analogy I love to, to use um, where we talk about relational evangelism, you know, mm-hmm. where we go and go out and we're going to build relationships. And um, But there comes a point where you actually have to sow the seed of the gospel. You actually yeah. have to have a conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember talking to, to people who, oh, oh, I've worked so hard to build this relationship now. I don't want to risk it by talking about Jesus or about mm. a God, and it 's like well that 's like tilling the soil and pouring yeah. lots of water on it, yeah, you get mud, exactly. but you don't you don't nothing grows because yeah, that's right. you've got to put the seed in that's right
0: know? yeah and 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 it 's not like where the relationship is a means to one. You love people because we we're exactly. called to love people, That's but part thing. of loving people yeah. is actually sharing the most important the thing in our lives. World. Exactly, and it's not about preaching at them. It's no. a, you know, it's it's about sharing that. I think about the uh, man that difference. The, who found made. the
1: gold in the field? Yeah, he, he went straight off to tell everyone yeah. about it. You know, it's yeah. like and as we would do. If I found a massive field of gold that no one else knew about, I'd be going and telling my Close family and yeah, and friends about that, you know. Yeah. And yet we we tend to hold we c- we can have the propensity to hold our faith in Christ close, and and you know that's yeah. what we've got to.
0: That's right, because get it's the claim that Jesus makes on our lives goes against our natural propensity. I think we think you know we we do perhaps sense that that there's a challenge here, mm-hmm. but you don't need to you know ram that down people's no, throats. That's right. The wonderful opportunity that we have is that. Because we're not just uh, heralds of a message. We are, but we're actually heralds as witnesses. Yes. We're witnesses. So so we can talk from that point of view. Mm. Uh, we can talk personally. And this is the difference that Jesus has made uh, mm. to my life. Mm.
1: Uh, and particularly if we're restoring relationships. So let's <clears> say we've come into this grace zone yeah. and we're looking around at relationships that we need to put right. Yeah. And we're taking the initiative. That person's going to go, hang on, what's what's changed here? Well, there's yeah. an opportunity to talk about what has changed yeah. here. and. Being
0: prepared to live counterculturally, I think, yes. is important as well because we are we're called to a different, you know, different way of life that flows out of that, and mm. all of that, you know, it's it's simple and yet so incredibly revolutionary, mm. too because mm. we've talked about how it changes relationships, how how the changes in the in the way that people see people will that that has 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 had and will have ma- massive yep. uh, societal change. And, and it's that bottom-up, kind of that grassroots-up, inside-out thing. Yeah. And um, and so, yes, you know, there, there are external structures and injustices and that that need to change. And we have democratic access to some of those things. And so we can do what we can in the meantime. But as we do that, we need to make sure that we're focusing on the thing that really is actually going to change the world. Yeah. You know, because until people's perspective change is going to, is changing, nothing is going to change. And so... It brings us back to the importance of actually focusing that. then this was the heart of Paul, you know, that he, he just believed, as he says in Romans chapter one, that the good news about Jesus Christ is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. In fact, he goes on to say in Romans how this is the salvation for the whole world. And we've got to trust in that. We're part of a multi-generational long, long game, and it's important that we stick to the plan That we put first what needs to be first we can get involved in other things but it needs to always always be all about Jesus
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thrive
0: Perspectives Our hope is that these discussions will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective You'll find all our resources at the Thrive Today website thrivetoday.tv there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please email us. Our email is contact at thrivetoday.tv. Until next time, our prayer is that you will thrive.